Get ready for another exclusive. Thank you all for joining the She Rises Studios podcast. My name is Adriana Luna Carlos. And I'm Hannah Olivas. And we are so excited to share our guest speaker today, who is Shanta Jackson. She is that person who leaves a lasting impression. She motivates challenges and provides thought-provoking dialogue. She is a leader, mother, and social entrepreneur with a vision to help people help themselves and others. She is defying all limitations by succeeding as a single mother and small business owner who for 11 years has been relied upon by organizations and teams across the United States to help implement and evaluate socially conscious programs and initiatives. She also serves as a facilitator and guest speaker for various audiences. She holds a Master of Public Health degree in Social and Behavioral Health from University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and a Bachelor of Arts degree in Public Health Relations from Columbia College, Chicago. Shanta is originally from Las Vegas and resides in the Washington, Baltimore metropolitan area with her son, Zachary. Shanta is also the author of the Journal of a Woman with Lived Experiences. She's a motivational speaker, and she also hosts her own internet talk show. We are super thrilled to have her here today to discuss the topic, How Should We Handle Things That Trigger Us? And we're going to have Shanta tell us a little bit about herself and her journey and uh, just dive right in. So Shanta, tell us what, tell us about you. What do you do? How are you? I am well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, As you mentioned, I am Shanta Jackson, and I like to say that my purpose in life is to help people to help themselves and others. And so just a little bit about me. I am a single parenting mother, and I like to emphasize single parenting versus saying single mom. Mm -hmm. And I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I'm also an entrepreneur. I am a business owner. I've owned my own company uh, which provides consultation to organizations, uh, nonprofits, to help them plan and implement socially conscious initiatives. Long story short, it's community engagement, stakeholder engagement. It could be related to a health topic or it could be related to a social um, cause or a social justice issue, whatever the client needs. And so I do that. But then... Um, I'm also a journaler, and I'm very passionate, and I, and I like helping and engaging and talking with people, and I normally would journal, and I, out of shame and, and embarrassment, I would throw my journals away and never wanted anyone to see them in my adult life, and um, one day I had a conversation with a friend, and I shared my personal journal entry and said that I was thinking about throwing it away, and he says, no, that journal entry or your journal in general may be able to help someone. So you should keep it. And so that's when I had this aha moment to write my book, the journal of a woman with lived experiences. But I'm originally back to who I am. I'm originally from Las Vegas and I've just gone through a lot in in life. I was young. I had a boyfriend at age 19, 21, married him. I had five stepchildren. It was an unhealthy, abusive, relationship, sometimes physically abusive, sometimes mentally abusive, or, or just plain controlling. I got, got out of that situation, and, I've, and I literally started my life from scratch. I walked away with no social security card, no birth certificate. My son was one years old, and we tried to make it work like a lot of people do. And even that last day together, I ended up sneaking out of the house. So a second time, I had to leave my house with 
not being able to pack clothes or plan. And so I stayed in Las Vegas for a while to kind of find myself, went to grad school and worked really hard. Las Vegas, it wasn't at the time a lot of growth opportunity for me. So I was lucky to be able to relocate to Maryland. And two months in at Maryland, I said, oh, no, this is my last job. And so that brings me to today. Like I said, I'm just this entrepreneur, this free spirit. And I have a lot of experiences as it relates to being a single mother, being in a previously abusive relationship, being a business owner, a career woman. I have a lot of experiences and a lot of things to share. So I do have one small question. I know Adriana has some too coming up for you, but if you don't mind telling our audience, how young are you? I am 40 years old. Wow. So you've had a pretty amazing journey like of, of strength, bravery, and, and perseverance for sure. I can relate to being a single parent and it is no easy task. I'm quite a few years older than you, but that's, it's a pretty amazing journey that you're speaking of. That, and as you were telling your story, I kept looking over at my mom and I, my eyes got big because I didn't know a lot of your, your story and your journey and just how impactful it was going to be. And, and I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that you're here with us today. You have an amazing story and I just hope you keep sharing it with the world because they need to hear it. So one of, Thank our, you. one of our first questions for you, since it's, you know, on the topic, how do we transform our triggers? I think the first thing before you think about the word transformation or transforming, I think it's just first just self-awareness and to identify and to be emotionally aware to say, wait a minute, I'm bothered by this. Or every time this happens, this is my emotional response. So I think it's more so the first step is that level of acknowledgement and self-awareness for what is triggering you and how you're responding emotionally. Now, to transform those triggers, I think it's not transforming. I think for me, it's more so managing them and maybe reducing them. Or you possibly could eliminate. It depends. Like if it's a certain person, it depends on what's triggering you. It could be an existing relationship. It could be a, a past experience. So I think it's an individual basis. But I think that, again, acknowledging it and that level of self-awareness. So one of the things, of course, that I always recommend is journaling. And that's something that I do. And, and it's not that I always have like this. I do have a formal journal. I have a book. But sometimes it's just a piece of paper and I'm writing down what I'm feeling because I'm letting that emotion out. And I'm acknowledging what's triggering me and what's bothering me. I like to start my day off. I don't do it all the time. Sometimes I fall off. And when I fall off, I notice it. And, um, but I like to start my day off with when I start in the morning, news, information, social media, the content that, that can trigger something that can trigger anxiety. So again, it depends on what's triggering you. A lot of us, we have these, um, especially as people of color, you have certain triggers that you don't realize until you see a news story or something happens. And so what I try to do is not let other people set the tone for my day. So I'm intentional about not going on social media and telling myself that, you know what, today is a great day. I practice gratitude. So I either say it out loud. I say five things that I'm grateful for or I write them down. And I like to listen to positive affirmation music. And so usually when things do bother me throughout the day or if I'm triggered by someone who's self-serving, 
I can have a self-serving or selfish client that I have to deal with because it's work, right? right? But I can, but I tell myself that I will not react to someone else, and I would not allow someone else to um, to dictate my response, and I will act on after thought, not just reaction. Definitely. Well, those are some. <laughs> no, I loved it. that. Was amazing. Thank you for breaking that down. And the journaling is definitely helpful. I've done it since I was young and it just kind of happened one day where someone gave me a journal as a gift and I looked at it and I've always been a tomboy growing up. So I was like a journal, I don't know. And then one day I just started, I started writing it down, everything in my day. And it became a habit that in the morning and, you know, fourth class or whatever it was, I would just kind of like take a little sneak some time away in class and write it down. And I started to build up these journals and I realized I never went to therapy for what I went through as a kid. I went through a lot of different traumatic situations. Those journals helped me so much relieve pain and be able to talk to someone without it being a person without judgment. So journals are a lifesaver. They're like a, a lifeline, so to yeah. speak, and a way to, to purge all those icky triggers and feelings and emotions on paper. And it, it is, it's like you're, you're getting rid of all of that. And it kind of leads to the next question. I think that Adriana is going to be talking to you about balance and harmony. Yes. So what is uh, the key to dissolving stress and increasing balance and harmony? Again, I'm just going to keep going back to self-awareness and making time for yourself. A lot of times, I guess it's kind of maybe changing your narrative. A lot of time it's, you know what, my house is so junky and I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to, it always oh, sounds good. I don't have time to take a bath. You don't have extra, an extra 15 to 20 minutes in 24 hours. Just in, the, in a warm tub. Let's think about it, right? And mm-hmm. so we just have to kind of change our mindset on how we um, on how we view things and be more intentional about, you know what? No, not right now. No, I'm not available right now. No, I don't have it to give. And telling ourselves that we're not people pleasers and that we are worthy and we are deserving of some self-care for ourselves because at the end of the day, if we get sick... Or if we're too stressed, if we come in contact right now, it's COVID-19. If our immune systems are stressed, that means, uh, I'm sorry, if we are stressed, that means our immune systems are could possibly be suppressed. And that any virus, bacteria, any, any type of illness can take over our bodies. Yes. And so at some point, we have to put ourselves first, even if it's just for a few moments, even if it's just a, a ritual. I personally like to, on Saturdays, I have this clay mask and I like to create what I call a detox bath. So I have these essential oils. I put a few drops in the tub. I listen to music, even if it's just for 20 or 30 minutes. It's my time. And I think it's important for adults, for people in general, to step back from all of the, the various demands and make time for ourselves. But then also what I find is that I personally can't concentrate or I, and I can't figure out the next best step if my home is not in order. If my dishes are dirty, if my mm-hmm. bed is not made, if my desk is in, a, is in, you know, in disarray. And so just little things like making your bed every day in the morning and little things like that, it, it sets the mood again for your day and, and, it's, and it's time for yourself. That, that is, is so it, true. <laughs> it, it bugs me if something is not clean in the house or in my in my office. I feel like I can't function. I can't think right. And I love the word no because it's so powerful. Uh, it's a great tool to use and to not be afraid to say no. Yeah, don't overcommit. 
Cause it'll just drain you. I think too, um, when you're talking about like having like a, when you're setting the day, you're, you're doing your affirmations, your intentions. And you know, they always say you run the day. Don't let the day run you. Um, I think that helps with that balance and harmony too. So you're not feeling overwhelmed, you know, because we as women in general take on the weight of the world. We're mothers, we're sisters, we're aunts, we're wives. And let's just face it, we're stronger. <laughs> and so we, we but, carry more on our shoulders. Yes, and we choose to. Sometimes it's a choice. I saw this meme and it was this man asking his wife, do you need anything? And she says no. But then behind her is like a list of all the things that oh, wow. she really needs yeah. help with. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we have this facade as women that we have to be superwoman and that we can't um, ask for help. And I think it's okay for us to accept the help as well and know that we are just as worthy and deserving Absolutely. of that. So. Absolutely. I think sometimes I'm that one. Oh that yeah, I think we all are. That was a great example. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. That's going to hit a lot of people when they hear that part because they're going to start thinking, "Yeah, I've done that a lot." Yeah, definitely. And sometimes we're just, you know, we're, we we want to just do it ourselves. Like we always have this mentality of who, nobody can do it better than we can, so we should just do it ourselves. And then we're adding on to the even longer to-do list than we already mm-hmm. have. So I have a question for you, Shanta, and I think this is going to kind of go in line with. Um, some of the things in your book, when we talk about triggers and things, you know, that also includes forgiving ourselves and forgiving others of deep hurts. And I know for me, when I'm in the process of forgiveness, I do journal. I journal exactly how I feel, what upset me, what triggered me, what was my reaction. And it's really helped me to be able to see a difference in my growth. And it also has changed how I react to certain people or situations? For me, I think it's more so, um, someone asked me, it was this private women's domestic violence group and I was sharing my personal story and they asked me, um, and and mind you, I try not to say anything negative about my ex-husband because this is my son's father. My son is 16 years old and I don't want to, I want them to have the healthiest relationship as possible. And so I don't want to dog him or um, he's not here to, uh, to share his side or his version of whatever events happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone asked me uh, if I forgive him and I responded back and I said, you know, I don't think it's my job to judge and to forgive people. If anything, for me, it's just understanding where that person, like where they are at in life and mentally and where they may have come from or where they're coming from in their heart or even come from in their past and why they probably behave that way. And so for me, it's discernment and understanding and not holding a grudge, but not putting myself in the situation to where I'm going to allow it to happen again or or to continuously happen. And she responded back to me and she said, that's forgiveness. And I said, oh, and I said, you know, I don't wish anything <laughs> bad upon him. And I said, oh, is, is that how you define forgiveness? Because I'm not God and, and I don't have like, or the universe or have these energies or powers. I take that back. I know I do have certain powers, but the forgiveness, I think that part is a little hard for me. For me, I think it's more so discernment, understanding, 
the knowledge and the wisdom that comes behind it, understanding why that person might have done that and acknowledging that it's not okay for them to have done that and it was wrong. And, and like I said, not hold the grudge, but not put myself in those situations where it's going to happen again. Great advice. Yeah. And then that kind of leads to the next one. So describe the importance of mindset. What does that mean Mind- to you? Yeah. Your mindset, like where does your mindset come into all of this with journaling, triggers, forgiveness? What does that look like for you? Well, mindset is everything. I do fall off. And so I don't always journal. I don't always practice my positive affirmations. I don't always um, take the time for self-care for myself. But when I don't do those things, like I said, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't function. I can't make decisions. I'm stressed. I get overwhelmed. I get, I get anxiety. And so it's all just temporary because I always revert back to my original, just who I am at the core in my mindset. But just when we, when we think about mindset, for me, it's just acknowledging and understanding that whenever I have a great idea, whenever I have a positive thought, I'm going to have a negative, I'm going to have a fearful thought, I'm going to have a, a thought of, of doubt or some type of concern and not giving into it. Acknowledging that it's there and saying, you know what, Santa, not today. We're not going to, okay, you're scared, you're fearful. Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. You know why? Because that's just a part of life and that's how it is. And, and if I were, so I don't know who's religious or not, who's listening, but if there were some evil or negative force and if there was a devil, right? Mm-hmm. What's the, what, what, do the, what, what is, the, what's the most important thing to attack is your mind, right? Right. Definitely. And so, yeah, it's, it's your mind. So I think just controlling your mind and just acknowledging your strengths, your weakness, your opportunities for improvement, any challenges you may have, you are you, you accept who you are. But the important thing is for mindset growth to just a little bit every day. And if you fall off, sometimes it's okay, because all of those positive affirmations, all of the meditation, all of the prayer, all of the personal work that you've done for yourself, though you're building your skill set and you're building you're building your inner strength. And so even when you do have your low days, it's just temporary because you're going to get back. That's right. You know, that's right. Absolutely. And then Shanta, if you can uh, share a little bit with us what your book is about, maybe some key points you want the listeners to know about your book. Thank you. So my book is The Journal of a Woman with Lived Experiences, and it is a guided journal. But what what makes this book unique is that I'm actually sharing my personal journal entries. So I'm wearing two hats. There's one hat, Shanta, the advisor, the mentor. And my work, what I do a lot is with my clients is evaluation and it's called uh, thematic analysis or qualitative analysis. So I can look at words or paragraphs or listen to people and I can pull out themes. And so that's what I did with my journal. I read my real life journal entry and I pulled out themes and I said, okay, that's managing stress and anxiety. That's expecting love. That's self-validation. That's life visioning. And so I have these different topics, striving for success, uh, perseverance, um, balancing independence and relationships, allowing yourself to trust someone else. And so that's what I got from my own journal entries. And so, like I said, I'm wearing that hat, that mentor advisor, and I'm saying, hey, this is, this is what I think is important as it relates to this issue. And this is what science says, or this is what psychologists say about this particular topic. And then I share my personal journal entry, and then I provide a prompt 
for the reader and space for the reader to write. And so a lot of journals, you don't have a lot of people actually sharing their private, their personal journal entries, which my journal entries were not written for a book. Like, as I mentioned earlier, I was sharing them with a friend and then kind of got the aha epiphany moment. But, Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, so if you ever wanted to journal and you don't know how or where to start, or you want to try something different, then this book is for you. And it is available wherever books are sold or also on my website at shantajackson.com. So I actually have read your book twice. This is my second time around, and I am in the part of the journal entry managing and managing anxiety and stress. And uh, for me, that's huge uh, because a lot of people don't know, you know, my my story and my diagnosis, and we we don't have to get into that. But it really has helped me to journal more so now than I ever have in my entire life. And I like some of the other things that you talk about, additional activ- activities that can help you know, women manage um, or prevent anxiety or feeling overwhelmed or having to deal with those, you know, not knowing how to deal with those triggers. And I'm just going to list a few that that you wrote out. You wrote out meditation, which I think is huge for anyone, not just women, but, but everybody. I think meditation is huge. Uh, Deep breathing, you know, our breath, how we breathe, our posture, all that makes a difference. You know, having the physical activity, listening to music, like what pumps you up, you know, I do some crazy stuff in the mornings and my kids know this, the ones that still live at home, you know, I put on some funny shake it off Taylor Swift song and bounce <laughs> <Yep>. around, <laughs> but it, it gives me going and it makes me happy. You know, I watch a lot of chick flicks and I do a ton of self care and, and you're sharing these, you know, tips and strategies for women to learn and implement them into their everyday life. And I think that's huge because we always say to all our listeners, our focus is not just women entrepreneurs. It's women. It's young women. It's the little girls because we're their example. We teach them. They watch us. So all of these things that we share are for everyone, not just the women entrepreneur. Shanta, tell us something that maybe many don't know about you. Um, what people don't know about me. Um, I'm actually really shy. Mm. I'm really, really shy. I have anxiety. I'm not like clinically diagnosed or anything, but I do get anxiety and I get overwhelmed. And I, I have this board. And sometimes for me to be able to function, I erase the board and then everything that's on my mind, everything that's on my to-do list, I write it down. But the anxiety, it's just, I don't know if it's a fear of failure but I do things anyway when I'm afraid. So a lot of things that you see publicly when I do speaking engagements, whether it's for a professional audience or um, just women and girls, just because I maybe appear to be confident or if you're watching my show every Saturday on YouTube, just because I appear to be confident, trust me, I'm really shy and nervous and I just make myself do it anyway. And that's something that I really want to make sure that this message is being heard, that you're going, it's natural to have doubt. It's natural to have fear, but it's like, do you allow it to defeat you or not? That's what some people, a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm, I'm, I'm super, super shy. Well, I think that that is amazing to even share because a lot of people don't want to share anything yeah, <laughs> about them being it's afraid. good to show vulnerable. Yeah. So thank you. And, and, we, and our listeners actually 
do prefer the vulnerability side and that raw side versus, you know, the fake it till you make it. So I, I thank you so much. We're so glad that we could have you on the She Rises Studios podcast today. Uh, Shanta, tell us how, how can people find you? Find me. Well, my website is shantajackson.com. That's S-H-A-W-N-T-A Jackson. And on social media, I am at the Shanta Jackson on Instagram and Facebook. But my social media channels, everything that I have going on, my book, upcoming events, previous events, previous interviews, this interview will be on my website at shantajackson.com. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Shanta, it was such an honor to have you. You're an amazing woman. And I'm really looking forward to our interview um, this weekend. I think we have one coming up between you and I, and I'm I'm super excited to be doing that with you. She's amazing. Make sure you get out there and get the book, The Journal of a Woman with Lived Experiences. And we'll post the links up as well for our listeners to um, be able to order the book. Yes. Thank you, Shanta. Thank you all so much for joining the She Rises Studios podcast. You can follow us online at She Rises Studios or visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com. Follow us on Instagram.